0: Hello and welcome to Property Money Tree's Maximising Property Values, the once a month show where I break down the steps of how to recognise, enhance and then extract the values in property in order to create wealth. Would you like to find out how you can benefit from the steps of maximising property values? This is even if you don't own a property yet or have a deposit. If that's a yes, Then you're in the right place to find out. My name is Patricia Ogan Faber, and although many know me for my work as a solicitor, on this show you will be getting the benefit of my 30-plus years' worth of experience of maximising property values. Experience which has given me a net worth in millions. So who might benefit from listening to this show? Literally anyone with an interest in creating property wealth. Welcome back so this episode and i do apologize in advance is going to be a bit of a moany type of episode and it's titled the one that got away so um very recently um i've um a lady that i do a room with on a thursday at 10:30 10:30 till 11:30 am Kerry Sale, and she a- she does actually have a podcast um an episode on this um series as part of the guest series um anyway we decided that we were going to um enter into a joint venture because we we just worked together so well anyway um so I'm looking she's looking and um I then so um And obviously, when you are going to go into a joint venture, it's even more important that you focus on the reasons why you are doing this. So we were clearly doing it um, because one, we trusted one another, two, we enjoy what we do, but the bottom line is that we want to make money. So, um... I then, uh, um, so I don't tend to buy in auctions, live auctions anymore. I did used to, and I have bought from them before. Um, But what I, what I prefer to do is to wait for the auction to be over. Then I look at the ones that haven't sold and see which ones might actually suit me. Anyway, so there was the All Sops auction um, last week last week, and it's still, I still feel very, very raw about this, (laughs) stupid, stupid, but it's how I feel, um, and, um, there was this particular property that they, um, had, now, I, I don't know what the guide price was, because, like I say, I don't bid in live auctions, so I tend not to actually look at, you know, what they're selling, I just, I go back once the auction is over and I look at what is still available. Anyway, this particular property um, is a flat in Crystal Palace. So I know Crystal Palace very well, um, not far away from where I live. It's very, um, um it's a very nice place to live. Um, so people like to live there. So people do buy, um, young professionals, particularly like Crystal Palace. So I knew, I I knew all the history of, of the area. Anyway, so this flat advertised as being a hundred and, um, hundred and I think they say yes 102 square meters but the EPC said 93 where there's a, a, a discrepancy between what an agent says and what the EPC says I tend to go with the lower one so anyway so I'm thinking of it as being a 93 square meter flat um massive rooms absolutely massive rooms so the lounge 22 odd square metres, as well as the bedroom immediately above the lounge, the kitchen just shy of 12 square metres, um, another bedroom 12 and a half square metres, um, a massive bathroom on another floor. So this flat is actually on three separate floors. So there's a bit on the ground floor, which is their bathroom, and the rest of the ground floor is for the other flat in the building. So there are only two flats in this massive Victorian building. Um, Then two rooms on the first floor and two rooms on the second floor. Now, when I looked at this, I thought, oh, this is amazing. So much potential. So one of the things I thought that could be done with it is actually split this flat into two separate flats. Um, Now, um, to split it into two separate flats, that would create two um, one-person flats, and that would still be absolutely fine because at at um, 93 square meters, that is 46 square meters per flat, not a problem whatsoever. Now, those one-person flats, so it could be a studio, it could be a one-bedroom, they would normally go in that area for about £400,000. So, done up nicely, done up nicely. Um. So, I thought, oh gosh, this looks amazing. Now, I bet the smarter ones who are listening to this are thinking, well, how much was it? How much was it? How much were they asking for? Anyway, so, um, this, and then the other thing that I thought I could do with it is not even split it because to, to actually do a split, you need the freeholders permission, which may or may not be forthcoming. And you also need the planning department's consent which, again, they may say yes, they may say no. Now, Crystal Palace is also within a conservation area. I'm not quite sure if this flat fell within that conservation area or not. And if it did, chances are, again, the answer to a split would be no, we don't want you to do that. And lastly, um, lots of London boroughs don't really want um, flats to be split. They want to keep them for families. But Anyway, for instance, like Croydon will say, um, anything that's got three bedrooms, we won't allow you to do anything with because we want to keep them for families. But anyway, that is by the by. And also Crystal Palace is actually one of those funny, funny areas. And I didn't drill down that far, so I can't actually tell you. But part of it comes under Croydon. Part of it comes under Bromley. And the last part, I think, um, either comes under Lambeth or Southwark. I can't actually remember. But anyway, three boroughs actually control Crystal Palace. Anyway, so this flat was there as being unsold and therefore available and available at 350000 Wow. Anyway, I saw it, I look, I loved it. So then I looked at the um I knew immediately it was worth a hell of a lot more. Um I looked at the legals, um, special conditions in particular to make sure there was there wasn't anything particularly onerous which would make it unsaleable in the future. Um, I was happy with that. There were a few things that they wanted. They wanted 1.5% as a buyer's premium. They wanted another 1.5%, both of those plus VAT um, to be paid, well, th- the second one to be paid to the auction house. They wanted another £900 plus VAT, I think, for legals. Then they wanted another 750 plus VAT for something else. Anyway, the fees were just racking up. So anyway, I, I emailed to the auctioneer thinking, well, it's not sold. Um, let's see if I can negotiate something. So I said, well, look, Um, happy to, really, no, really interested in this, but would the um, seller waive, you know, it was clause nine of the special conditions, that was where all the fees were listed, and they came back and said no, so, no, in fact, they didn't come back, the following day, I then rang them to say, you know, "I, I emailed you yesterday, I've not heard anything back, you know, what's the situation, so the person who was in charge of it said, no, they won't, change anything in the specials. Um, And I said, okay, fine. Um, I can can knock those fees off the asking price anyway, can't I? And he said, yes, you can make your best and final offer. Um, So I thought, I'll just knock the fees off because I thought, you know, it's not sold in the auction. Um, They're going to want to sell, especially if somebody can move really quickly. Um, So then I said, can I have a look at it? um, because, you know, it's good to have a look at, at, at places that you're going to buy. I have bought twice in the past without actually seeing where I was buying, but then it was absolutely fine. And this one would have been fine as well, cause it's actually a flat. So if there were like really awful, um, um structural problems that would be sorted out normally by the freeholder obviously they'll pass the monies on but i had a really good look at the pictures i had a really good look at the outside of the building you know from the pictures it there didn't seem to be any particular problems with it but nevertheless i still said can i have a look so they said yes you can have a look So arranged something for monday which was a bit annoying for me because i wanted to actually get in before monday make an offer tie it all up So, the auction was on Thursday, I think, um, and then I was talking to them on Friday and we agreed for me to go have a look on Monday and then at 2018 on Friday, I got an email to say it's been sold, the, um, viewings have therefore been cancelled, which is fair enough, but it really did irritate me because guess what? when i um went into property data to um just look at valuations because obviously you know you do your due diligence you have to make sure even though i knew how much you know flats sold you know for in crystal palace i still needed like real data you know objective data data which wasn't just in my, my my own mind um so um for that I would always go to Property Data, and um, so what then happened was, as is, as it actually stands, as it is today, the flat, Property Data said, um, was worth, um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, right, here we are, Um, was worth £480,000. Plus or minus thirty thousand pounds. So you know, take away the thirty thousand, you're left with four fifty. So this property was on offer for about a hundred thousand pounds less than what it truly was worth. So that was my starting point, and I'm thinking, Do you know, that is amazing. Even with no further uplifts you, it's the sort of flat that you can hold on to for a few months, put it back in the auction and you're, you're liable to make at least £50,000. Anyway, but if I then decided to refurb it, do it to a high standard, put in an extra bathroom on the top floor, which the freeholder would not really say no to because the only person who would suffer from having a bathroom um, there would be part of the flat, the first floor, which was, you know, as I, as I said earlier, part of the flat. So if there are any leaks in the bathroom, which is one of the reasons why freeholders might say, you know what, we don't want bathrooms just, you know, on suites or whatever being put where, where they don't already exist because bathrooms do leak. It, it, it's just the fact of their existence, they leak. And if they're leaking onto another uh, um, leaseholder, that can cause problems and all whatnot. But if they're not going to leak onto another leaseholder, they're only going to leak onto your own property, you know, they're not going to have an issue with it. Anyway, so if I, if I uh, did a refurb and we put another bathroom in there, it was going to be worth, or property data said, on paper, it would be worth £600,000 plus or £35,000. So even knock off the £35,000, you can see how much money this flat actually had in it. And it still irks me today <laughs> that I didn't get my act together. And uh, I was talking to um, uh, my, my solicitor, who normally does all of my uh, at works, and I said, I regret really just not saying to the agent, fax me, you know, the paper, I'll sign it on scene and I'll buy it. Cause then I would have had it and I would not be lamenting as I am, you know, silly. But do you know what? It, it it's not the end of the world. It was just one of those rare things that comes just bearing the gift of money and I just feel really stupid that I did not trust my own knowledge and my own instincts and just go for it. Kerry was all in. I'd spoken to her about it and she said, Yeah, let's go for it. Um, but what I should have done is say, This is something we can't afford to lose. I'm just gonna buy it there and then, let's do it, let's just get it done. And then that would have been ours. And you know, even worst case scenario. Even if the market was to go um, to drop further down, because all of the works could have been done for about uh, n- if less than fifty thousand, so we're looking at what hundred thousand. Then there would be stamp duty, legals. Um, Let's add another thirty thousand. So four hundred thirty to what? 565. So that is 600, take away 35. So I'm going back to the property data, a paper valuation, which said £600,000 plus or minus 35,000. Such a no-brainer. Such a no-brainer. So a good 100 and what? A good 150 in there. Could that drop down? Yes. Could it go up? Possibly. But even if it dropped down, we'd have still made money from it. So this was, this would have been a flip, would have been, and I'm still crying. (laughs) Anyway, this is one that got away. But this is also to encourage people who are sitting on the fence and saying, this is a bad time, don't want to buy, don't want to invest. If, if this is your business, if this is where you are, there are loads of opportunities out there that can be had. And, people still make money in recessions, whether or not we, we are technically in a recession or not. You know, whatever is happening in the property industry, there is still money to be made. And when you make money, you are actually also helping the economy because se- you know whatever you buy, if I'd bought this, I would have done the refurb. I would have paid builders. I would have bought materials. And when we sold, we would have paid tax. So, do you know, we are helping the economy with what we do. So there's no shame in actually wanting to make money from property. There is no shame in wanting to maximise your property values because when you do what you do, you are providing a service and people will pay for a service. So do you know what? Don't sit on the fence. If you want to do something and you've done your due diligence and the numbers work, just go for it. Don't be like me and say, oh, do you know, I want to kind of like, you know, dot every I and cross every T. Yes, you should do, especially if you're not that experienced. But I knew from even just looking at the pictures on this flat that it was amazing. Even before I went to property uh, data, I knew it was a steal. And yet I didn't act accordingly. I just didn't. Why? I have no idea. Um, But, you know, we live and we learn. I'm not saying go do this. I'm not saying go and buy something without seeing it. I'm just saying that with, but with my experience and what I know, I could have done that and secured that property, no problems. And there wouldn't have been any issues with it. um, And I didn't. So I am beating myself up a bit. I did say it was going to be like a bit of a whingy, whingy, whingy episode. But anyway, I hope that people can be encouraged from this. And, you know, don't stop looking because there are loads of opportunities out there. And there are so many other ones that I'm seeing, not as good as this one, um, seeing and, you know, considering and I've got a viewing uh, later on today that I'm going to uh, again. money in there, a bit more difficult to actually extract, a bit more will need to be spent to actually get the same kind of sum that would have been in this flat. That's why I love flats, because you get the right one, you can make Easily a six-figure figure, a six-figure profit, and it won't even take you that long to do the refurb because that refurb would have taken what maybe eight weeks maximum, eight weeks maximum, done and dusted, beautiful. It would have been simply amazing, and I could see it. I could see the finished product in my head. I've stopped, I've stopped looking at that finished product because it's not mine. Somebody else, some smart, lucky, clever person has actually bought it. And for all I know, it could have been one of the people who were, who was actually bidding in the auction. Um, Sorry, my cats are trying to break into this room and i've shut them out because they make so much noise um my kittens actually i should say um my poor cats died um so i've got two new kittens anyway um everyone do take care and don't stop trying to add value to your business don't stop trying to create that wealth that you can pass on to your children and probably even your grandchildren do not stop trying to become financially independent Anyway. Good luck and hopefully speak to you next month.